my wonderful friend. Uh, welcome to Fate FM, Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. And where we look at the world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Krita, the South Australian Regional Coordinator for Faith FM, and I'm very happy to be with you today. Thank you for tuning in. It's our privilege always to welcome you to the program and uh, inviting you to be part of the program. That would be wonderful if you could send us a text message uh, today with a question or a comment in regard to the topic which we are going to discuss. And uh, we'd love to hear your comments and your thoughts in regard to this topic, particularly today, it's a very uh, special one, I will say, uh, and that um, will include our children. And you know how it says that the children is the the future, you know, the the, the generation, you know, to to build on and to invest in because they can carry on uh, the things which will love to uh, to see come in place. And that's, uh, I believe, an important uh, job as a parent, but not only because uh, children needs to need to be supported by the community and. Uh, Even if you don't have children, you can still influence children in a good way. But I would like to welcome um, today our co-host, and uh, it's good to have you back with us. Tracy, you have a week off. As usually, you know, the last uh, week of the month, you like to take it off, and that's wonderful because, you know, you have some things to, uh, to put in place, to organize, but it's wonderful to have you with us, and um, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's good to be back and hi to all the listeners. Now, if you don't know uh, Tracy, if you maybe just tune in the first time, uh, Tracy, it's a very passionate uh, lady to talk about God, mm. to share with people the love of God because she experienced in her life the love yeah, of God. I want and other people to be able to experience that as well. Absolutely. So, yeah. And Tracy worships here in uh, Adelaide in South Australia, uh, Brighton Church. Yes, yes, Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church. It's located at 10 Amelia Street, Hove. And uh, we normally get together on uh, Saturdays at 11 a.m. So if any of you are looking for a, a, a church and a community to be part of, come on down. We'd love to welcome you. Absolutely. And you know what? Whatever you are located in Australia, mm. just search for uh, SDA Church, Seventh-day Adventist Church. Uh, they have great programs. And um, why not to visit them and to see what they're doing? Because uh, Seventh-day Adventist Church is a sponsor of this um, radio station and uh, would love to, to connect with you or mm. you to connect with us, whatever you want to put it. Uh, but Tracy, um, uh, right from the beginning here, as I mentioned, that we love to have our listeners, you know, um, connected with us and share their uh, thoughts or a comment uh, in regard to the topic. And I'm going to give the number right now, which uh, um, on which you can send a text message. It's zero four double eight double eight zero eight double one. On the same number, just jot it down because uh, we have a special uh, book for uh, today, our uh, free offer, and um, we'll come to that a little bit later. But as I said, um, Tracy already mentioning the um, about children, mm. because we are going to talk today about 
do I give my children a moral compass? You know, it's, it's a good question, a big question. Now, this is under the theme we looked at uh, for the whole week, uh, use and abuse. Is there a place for biblical morality in the third millennium? And we tackled already a few questions here, like uh, what are the foundational pillars of biblical morality? Or God's design for family. I like to say this, that family is uh, one of the first institution which God, you know, created. Absolutely. Or instituted. Mm. Then another question we, we dealt with was, uh, is biblical morality out of date? You know, some people may say, oh, that's in the Bible, you know, that's, you know, for some retired people. All the people or whatever, you know? All the squares. Yes. But uh, wait, we have to think again because uh, when we look into the Bible and the teachings of the Bible and advice we get from the Bible in regard to children and the generation uh, we live in, you mm-hmm. know, you, you see the Bible so much. Uh, um, you see the result of the throwing result? it out the, exactly out right. the window, don't yes, you? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And then uh, just yesterday, uh, our friend uh, Fabiano um, uh, with Helen, uh, no, actually with, with Hugh, yeah. with Hugh. Uh, sorry, because, yeah, we have some uh, co-hosts which we mix uh, from time to time. But uh, they looked at this question, can I be forgiven? And if you miss some of these programs, because you may uh, ask yourself, what's that all about? You know, can I be forgiven? How that relates with the, with the topic? Um, if you miss some of these programs, you could go back to listen on demand on uh, some of these programs. And one way is to go to faithfm.com.au. But even easier, if you carry a, um, a device, a mobile phone or a, a tablet, whatever, you can download the our free app and that's Faith FM Australia and you can uh, get us wherever you are you know sometimes maybe a bit scratchy by the way even if you listen now um, here in uh, South Australia and uh, you drive somewhere and you find out that's uh, a bit scratchy it's worth it to check the frequency because we broadcast not only on 88.0 but also on 87.8 just keep in mind that uh, if you go to some different places, northern suburbs or southern suburbs, or even out in the country, it's worth it to check this frequency. Actually, the three frequencies, 88.0, 87.8, and 87.6. I thought just to let you know about that in ca- just in case. Mm. And yeah, these were a few questions which we look at, uh, uh, Tracy, uh, during the week. They're actually quite meaty subjects. Mm-hmm. Mm. Absolutely. I enjoyed listening to them. Yeah, now, also, I thought it would be a very good idea to have somebody with us also who's very passionate about family. Mm. And I'm going to welcome uh, David Lima from uh, Family Voice Australia, the director of Family Voice Australia for South Australia and Northern Territory. Let's see if David hears us. Hey, David. Thank you, Tracy. It's great to be broadcasting with you once again. Hi, David. 
Oh, it's, good to, it's good to hear you. Now, you are a little bit uh, low. I put you to the, okay. to the maximum here, up. but just speak up I'll a little bit, up. David. <laughs> and yes. um, David is uh, traveling right now. He likes to come with us in the studio when he can, but he's a busy man. And uh, we really appreciate your work, uh, David, with Family Voice Australia and standing for, uh, for a strong family in this society we live in, uh, uh, David. Uh, because... Um, As probably you, you heard us, uh, talking. I'm not sure if you had the radio on when, um, when we were, uh, uh, talking, uh, just a little bit earlier, a few minutes earlier. We just said that this topic about children, it's a very, very serious one. It's sensitive. It's uh, very timely because, uh, lots of children today, they are, um, uh, taught and they are educated by whatever else, but maybe very little in the family. And we asked this question, David, uh, um, how do I give my children a moral compass? Yes. And well, I this think, is a, yeah, it's yeah. a vital, vital question, Nick, because uh, if I can put it bluntly, we are one, genera- one generation away from disaster. Mm. Uh, mm. All it would take is for one generation to fail to pick up the faith of our fathers and mothers and the values which have made Western civilization what it is today, one generation away from chaos. Mm, mm. Oh, that's very interesting and sobering what you're saying there, um, uh, David. Uh, but uh, can I ask you a couple of questions, um, uh, David? Uh, and probably let's let's start um, right with the marriage first. Yes. You know because. Uh, um, Children cannot come out, uh, you know, unless there is a, a marriage there, you know, or, yes, uh, or yes. these days you can do some other things to bring children on, um, um, on, on this earth, yes. you know, but generally the intention was, the intention was to have a marriage. That's right. And well, children to grow up into the marriage and to be led and to be guided into the marriage. Uh, what's yes. your um, uh, take on this? Well, you're raising a very important question here, Nick, because it is true that children can be uh, procured in different ways, but you, you ultimately need a male and a female, and, and their connection, uh, ideally it is a marriage, it's a, a mixture of, of uh, dissimilarity to create. You've got to have male and female, mm-hmm. and uh, the we've really lost the meaning of marriage in our modern culture, so... This is a very, very upsetting matter, a great concern for the future generations as they, as they consider how to live. Uh, the, the fundamental question that every child asks, whether it's vocalised or whether it's simply in their heart, is how shall I live my life? So they're watching and they're learning. Mm. And now we have a law which has really trashed marriage. Uh, firstly, the Family Law Act, which gave us disposable marriage, and then the, the change of the definition, which occurred about uh, four or five years ago. So we're in a very confused situation with regard to marriage. Uh, and that's a great pity because, and you've, and you've started us off with just the right institution. Mm-hmm. It, is, it is the fundamental institution which God has made. It's, it predates the church, it predates family, uh, and it was designed in the heart of God from all of eternity. Yes. That's how important it is. And all the... All these statistics are clear, and look, I'm not judging any any listener who may be in an non-ideal kind of situation, but the statistics are very clear 
the children do best when they are raised by a mother and father who are in this covenanted union that we call marriage. Mm. So uh, at Family Voice, we we greatly encourage marriage, and we we uh, we love marriage, and we want there to be more marriage between men and women because that is setting the absolute uh, best foundation. Now, it's, the, the, there are exceptions to every rule. I get yeah. that, but on the whole, it is setting a firm foundation for the transmission of values into the next generation. And if we if we want our nation to have a future, I've got to put it as bluntly as that. If we want our nation to have a future, we've got to defend and restore marriage as that fundamental social institution. Oh, that's very powerful, uh, David. Now, you, as you mentioned, uh, marriage being the first institution, but um, uh, these days, when you talk about family, you can have different uh, views in regard to that. Uh, Yes. What's what's uh, in your uh, view, David, from uh, Family Voice uh, Australia, when you talk about um, family? Yes. Well, uh, again, without wishing to judge any of the listeners who may uh, have been raised perhaps in a non-ideal family situation, we we must have ideals when it comes to family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, We we support single parents. It could be a man raising children or a woman raising children. Something's gone wrong. There could be the death of a spouse or desertion, whatever it might be. Uh, we want to support people in that situation. But what we don't want, Nick, is to somehow normalize that and say, look, that's fine. If you want to make a choice, if you set out to be a proud single parent, then you need to think again because it takes two to tango, mm-hmm. as we like to say. And it takes two, both mother and father, to raise children. And I know that this may be irritating some listeners, but I I plead with them to recognize that this is the way God has made the world. And we we play with fire when we try to do things differently to the pattern of creation. Mm. So, so Jesus said this himself, that at the beginning God made male and female and that they should come together as one. And, and that is that is really the pattern biblically and in, in creation uh, in order to secure the future. Right, right. David, um, I could go on this one even a bit uh, further, you know, because uh, um, there are these days, you know, uh, children raised not in a ideal, uh, you know, yeah. like a, a, a man and a woman situation. Or even uh, I had a listener which... Um, uh, You may even listen right now, uh, my dear friend, um, ask this question in regard to, to find a surrogate, you know, uh, yes, or, uh, yes. for, because they couldn't have children, let's say, in, in a yes. family. And is that moral yes. or not? And, uh, you know, I could not biblically uh, say, uh, you know, is that right or wrong? But what I could say, David, was why not to ask God if it's God's will for this couple to have children because there are many uh, marriages which may not have children and God, God knows best why not rather than to go all the way find all other means just to have a child you know how in the Bible says uh, one of the ladies in the Bible says give me a child or otherwise I'm dying you know mm. yes that's Rachel Rachel that's Rachel. right but can I, can, can I just put in can I just put yeah, in Trace is coming here with something yep. yeah yeah you know um, at the end of creation God said it was very good mm. and that was when man and 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 woman had been created so it wasn't like they were incomplete 
without the children. You're right. God gave us a command to 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 go and multiply, but it wasn't like there was something missing with that's an interesting it. point hey david what do you think of that because he, she's right tracy here uh, you know uh, before the fall actually everything was very good and uh, only after the fall it says that you'll now bear a child with the with the pain and all those things yes mm. but hey it is yep. it, it is it is true that things have gone wrong in our fallen context but we worship a god who is in the business of restoration. Amen. And uh, there are wonderful stories of restoration. It's often the case that we have a problem of infertility in our culture, mm-hmm. and we've, we've largely brought this upon ourselves, uh, not deliberately, but mm-hmm. by accident, because we, we, we don't have a, a theology of the environment, and therefore we have taken all sorts of rubbishy foods into our bodies, mm-hmm. all sorts of cancer-causing substances, uh, we're not very good stewards, many of us, as to what we do with, with what we put into our bodies. And um, the environment, of course, is uh, highly polluted in many parts of the world. It's not too bad in Australia. But mm. nevertheless, uh, there's a lot more that we need to be doing in order to clean up the water and clean the air. I've just driven past Port Perry here in South Australia, where every child living in Port Perry has got uh, lead levels that are much higher than would be, would be yes. considered ideal mm-hmm. uh, you know so we we do we do daft things like putting a lead smelter and building a town around it whereas if you go a bit further north to uh, Roxby Downs uh, they, they are a, a good 40 kilometers away from the mine site mm. uh, at Olympic Dam so we, you know we've, we have learned that lesson but it's kind of too late for Port Perry because people live there and you know they've bought houses there and they're stuck there and they're yeah. breathing in the lead so uh, a lot of these problems we've brought on ourselves. But just to go back to this question of surrogacy for a moment, mm-hmm. uh, Abraham tried to take matters into his own hands, didn't he? Because he had been promised that he would have a son. Nothing was happening. Mm-hmm. And so uh, with, with his wife's uh, recommendation, he uh, he got involved to have this uh, surrogate son. And, and, the, and uh, you know, the, his, history has been proving the offspring of those two mm. uh, individuals have been fighting ever since. Uh, and then uh, with regard to uh, Rachel, which you mentioned there, saying to Jacob, give me children or, or I'll die, he rightly said, am I in the place of God? And we need to recognise the sovereignty of God in these matters. Mm. But uh, both of the wives of uh, Jacob um, sent him into the into the bedchamber with uh, their maidservants, right? And that created that created huge difficulty. Uh, the, the the history of modern surrogacy is a complete mess. Uh, the the legal wrangles that have occurred uh, with regard to surrogacy, and we've got that documented. If people want to go to our website mm. and uh, and look through, because we've made a number of submissions to government on surrogacy, which we oppose. Uh, we recognise that people are struggling and suffering, but in, in every challenge, there is an opportunity, and uh, adoption, though it's regarded as a bit of a dirty word in our modern culture, uh, sometimes adoption can be the best thing for a child, and indeed, biblically, we await our own adoption as the sons of God. So 
adoption really is very strongly endorsed biblically. I, I realize that there can be difficulties, mm. but for many children, adoption is the best thing that could happen to them. Mm. Absolutely right, uh, David, and I, I can uh, support uh, that what you're just saying. You know that we have even in Jesus himself an example being adopted by, jo- by Joseph. Yes. You know, and uh, and I know myself cases. I'm not going to go further than that. But uh, uh, when uh, you can have even a better um, yes. relationship and uh, maybe a special call for those yes. people who need to have a family, uh, rather than uh, uh, you know to just um, have a child in whatever way and then uh, you know uh, leave it al- uh, leave it alone. Uh, abandoning it. Hey, David, time is going so fast today, and I could have you for the whole hour just um, yes. uh, talking on quite a few things because I have a few more questions which I was going to to ask you to tackle in. Uh, but maybe just briefly, if you could, uh, David, um, just maybe com- I will combine these uh, two or three questions um, and see if you can uh, give us a bit of um, an answer there in regard to education. Generally, yes. education for a child. Then mm-hmm. church, you know, because church is a, a big thing, particularly in a, in a country which um, um, it's a Christian country, you know. Um, not that Australia considers itself um, Christian anymore, but uh, that's another matter. Uh, and other connections, you know, connections. I said to Tracy just a bit earlier, um, responsibility for a child to grow a child and to set up a good compass for a child doesn't mean it's only to the parents or to the teachers at school. It's to every single uh, person on earth. In my language, it says that it takes a village to raise a child. Um, uh-huh. And uh, yeah, and culture also. Culture is very um, different. You know, in some uh, parts of the world, you raise up children differently and you are allowed. Here, for example, you cannot say certain things or do certain things because you'll be judged and even persecuted. Uh, What you can say in regard to this um, um, aspect, you know, like... Yes. The the education of children is fundamentally valuable. Our, Our problem is that we've largely outsourced it to schools, and I deal with children a lot in schools, and the the great challenges for us to re- to restore the family as the primary means of education. And mm-hmm. uh, it is, in my view, best for children to stay at home for as long as possible so that they can be educated by those that they trust and love mm-hmm. uh, who will ensure that they will gain literacy and numeracy rather than to send them off to daycare. And there are, there are children being sent off to daycare. I realise I'm really pushing some buttons here today with some listeners, but there are kids who are being sent off to daycare almost within weeks of being born. It's just ridiculous. They should be with their mothers, and traditionally children learned their letters of their mother's knee, so to speak, and we've lost that now. And Mm. more than that, we've even forgotten that God has given children to parents and that the primary responsibility for the education of children is that given to parents. It's not given to government. It's, and it's not given to schools, it's given to parents. Mm-hmm. And we need to recognize that. So we have an epidemic now of illiteracy and of uh, problematic behavior in schools because children are being removed from their mothers especially, but also from their fathers, but particularly from their mothers at critical years of development. Uh, turning them out of the church, well, we need to restore the, the, uh, 
involvement of church in rounding up children on weekends in order to educate them. Mm. There used to be a proud tradition of churches doing that, which has largely disappeared. And finally, with regard to the community, we need a, a hard look at what is going on. Why is there such a problem of youth suicide? Why is there such a problem of delinquency? Uh, why, why is there a growing problem of illiteracy and, and numeracy? Uh, we cannot continue doing what we're doing and thinking that things will get better on their own. We need a radical reshake, uh, a rethink as to what we're doing and to restore some traditional things such as going to church, such as children being raised by their parents and taught uh, at home at least for the first few formative years. David, uh, thank you so much for uh, sharing all those things. Um, as I said, I would love to to go for the full hour with you, but maybe we may have a special program, you know, just to go on this uh, a little bit more. But if somebody wants to contact you, David, um, and read some of those uh, statements you put on, yes. uh, they could go on uh, familyvoiceaustria.org or something like that. What's the... Yes. Yes, that's right. They can just Google Family Voice Australia and they'll find us. Okay. Uh, David, thank you again. Um, looking forward to see you back here with us in the studio. Drive safe t- safe now and uh, uh, thank you for uh, what you have uh, shared with us uh, today. Thank God you bless. So much. Thank you. Hi, David. Thanks. Just taking a sh- very short uh, ad here because we are going to move fast from here Tracy to be able to cover some of the things which we plan and this is uh, one of our sponsors which we just want to acknowledge this program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio and we are back here in the studio with Tracy Papandreou and Nick Rita on Drive Time BQ&A uh, my dear friend, uh, you can be part of this program and um, soon I will look at some of the messages. I see some messages coming uh, there. Um, you can be part of the program by uh, sending a text message to 04-8880811 with a question or if if maybe some of the things which David said maybe confronted you, you know, or uh, or raised some uh, question or concerns please share with us you know we will um, be very happy to to hear you and right now i'm going to mention the offer before we going further tracy we have a wonderful book called surprised by love now when was the last time it happened to you perhaps your husband sent you um, flowers for no reason at all (laughs) (laughs) or your child turn around and blew you with a kiss from the steps of the school bus. Not that the children these days love to do that, you know, because <laughs> they want to keep their parents' at distance as much as possible. Or um, let's say your parents send you on a cruise just because. That sounds nice. Oh, sounds very nice. Now, uh, this is the story of a creator, a redeemer, and the greater love surprise of all time, Tracy, and my dear listener. It surprised Adam and Eve. It surprised the deceitful serpent. It surprised the adulterous woman of John chapter 8. It su- surprised the Pharisees. It surprises the disciples. It even surprises the heavenly angels. And it continues to surprise us today. What a wonderful book written by Elizabeth Vieira Talbot 
and this is you, my dear friend. You just need to send a text message to the same number. I'm repeating it now. 048880811 with the code SA38. SA stands for South Australia and 38. 38. No space in between because otherwise you'll confuse our friendly robot. Uh, but yeah, please just uh, send the message right now with the code SA38 and this book is yours. Not even taking a break now. I was going to take another break, Tracy, but I want to go straight into Put me on the notice. discussion. I've got to be quick today, obviously. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to uh, talk myself as fast as I could. Uh, but back to, um, to this um, uh, thing again. Uh, um, how do you think, Tracy, is possible uh, to give um, children, you know, a moral compass? Now, I must say, because we talked uh, about... Uh, both of us here, uh, we don't have uh, children uh, like, um, um, I well, mean, I, you have I, I've got stepchildren, yeah, yeah. but um, not biological yeah. uh, children. But please help us. Uh, and probably we need to open the Bible, you know, to, to look into some of the uh, teachings of the Bible. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned, Nick, before that... Um, even if you don't have children, you know, it takes a village to, to raise uh, a child. And so, you know, I actually, it made me think about when we dedicate babies in, in church, we actually not only call upon the parents to be, you know, thinking about how they bring up their child, but also for the church community to, to, um, understand that they play a role as, as well. And so I have, um, nephews and nieces and that kind of thing. So as much as I can, I try to input, um, what I believe are, are God's, um, instructions in terms mm-hmm. of bringing up children. I think the important thing for parents, though, is to understand that to give their child this moral co- compass is their responsibility. It's actually a command given to them by God and they really need to take that seriously. I think about Proverbs 22, 6, which says, train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So, you know, going back to what David was saying, you know, that importance of when children are young, giving them those really core important um, teachings. Also in Proverbs 22, 15 says, foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, the rod of correction will drive it far from him. And so the Bible tells us that there is a need for children to be corrected. Now, this talks about the rod of correction. Mm. Sometimes, you know, I personally, you know, we don't go hitting children, you know, over the top, but I personally believe that when children are little, sometimes you can't reason with them completely and it does need a little smack here Mm. and there. But this is also talking about, you know, the correction that can come from those discussions that you have to have. Proverbs 22, 24 says, He who spares his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. So I, I think... Often because parents are so busy these days, um, as David mentioned, you know, our society is such that, you know, we've created a norm where parents aren't the ones who are predominantly teaching these things. But we see in the Bible that it is a command from God that as he's given you the gift of this child, 
you also have the the other side of the the medal, which is the responsibility to instill in those children the instructions that God has has given, and it has to be programmed in inverted commons very early. Right, you know that's important. I, it made me think while I was preparing for this about a children's book that I actually bought for my niece's little boy, and it's called "Have You Filled a Bucket Today?" It's by Carol McLeod, mm. and it. It just teaches children about an invisible bucket it talks about. The psychological state is, is what this invisible bucket is about. Yes. And it talks about being a, having to fill, a, fill other people's buckets, doing good things, making them feel special, saying nice things, and also uh, conversely when you're taking from another person's bucket where you're doing awful things to them, saying awful things to them. And, and uh, you know, these are ways that we can teach our children good morals. But that's not enough because if we only do that, what is the difference between us who as who are believers and, and good people in the community who bring their children up with good morals but are non-believers? I think it's important wherever we have these type of books which teach good morals that it's important to bring in the understanding of God through bringing mm. in the spiritual context and for children to understand that this code of conduct did not originate from society, but it originated from God. Yes. You know, I also think it's important to bring the word in for children, um, you know, as soon as they can be reading to have their own Bibles. And, and I remember I've still got my own children's Bible because, mm. you know, even when I look at it now, um, it's a book that's special to me. I can't tell you why, but my mum tells me I was always a very spiritual child, and right. maybe that's something about it. But, um, you know, that my parents weren't particularly spiritual. I was brought up as a, a nominal Catholic. We went to church, you know, at Christmas, mm. Easter, mm. and that kind of thing. And they tried to instill those things into, in me as far as they knew from an early age. And, and those things have, you know, produced fruit late, later on. So mm. I think it's important that we start early. Um, and we understand that this is a command from God and we must take it seriously. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, uh, there's also, you know, when children are older, sometimes it's a little bit, um, harder when uh, the children begin to grow and there may be teenagers or teenagers um I think they're the number one thing that's important is modeling because the youth of today, and I would suggest probably also always youth aren't fools they can pick a hypocrisy from a mile away mm. and uh, all you do is just completely lose credit with them when you're saying one thing and doing another thing I've just got an example here um, near where I live they've got a Salvation Army and they've got a big sign on the door saying please don't drop things off when we're not open because you know we've had problems with vandalism and all of this kind of thing I was going for my morning walk one day and I saw a car drive up and he was starting to dump his things out mm. And I said, have you seen the sign there that says that you're not actually supposed to donate your things while the shop isn't open? And they do that because particularly on Mondays mm. when people, I think, are moving house and things like that. Yeah, they clean they, up on the, on the, the weekend. They clean up their own house and then leave lots of, lots of mess and, and there's lots of work for the volunteers. And the guy said to me, everybody does it. 
Mm. And I said, just because everybody does it doesn't mean it's right. But his child was there with him. And I thought to myself, you know, I'm actually glad that this child was present to see his dad being reprimanded because this dad was teaching his child the wrong thing, mm, right? Mm. And, you know, maybe he, maybe he got back in the car and said, silly old woman or something like that, you know, but I hope that that planted a seed that just because people do the Many people these days do the wrong thing. That does not mean it's the right thing. We have to be modelling these things for our children. And unfortunately, that is the case many times because you say, oh, that's, it's a norm. It's, a, it's normal. Uh, it came in my mind a little story, you know, um, when you shared that, uh, Tracy, because I was going to mention this, uh, particularly during this conflict in Ukraine, you know, terrible thing there and a lot of children being displaced, you mm. know, and uh, away from the family where should be raised and taught and uh, yes. nurtured and so on and so forth. It's a drama. It's a terrible thing. And, we are responsible, you know, for this. Uh, we may think, oh, what's wrong with this generation? What's wrong with this? But where we felt mm. on, on doing the right thing. And uh, the story goes a little bit like this. It says a, a child with a father went with his um, carriage, you know, into the field. And the um, father was going to pick some crop, you know, mm-hmm. f- which was not his, you right. know, from somebody else. Right. And... Um, uh, now, in some parts of the world, that may be a norm, you know, because I grew up in a communist time and I know how that is when uh, uh, the government took away everything from you. The father was, was looking, you know, left and right, looking in front of him, back, and then he loaded up. And the child said, but dad, 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 you didn't look up. <laughs> and, you know, the parent took the horse and the carriage and drove off. Mm. He understood. He he knew deep down, you know, that it wasn't right. Uh, yeah. The child in his inno- innocence, in his innocence, yes, yeah, uh, in, uh, said the right thing. Yes, and many times we are missing to say the right thing, even when we did it from the Bible. We do this, or you know, we said, "Oh yeah, but you know, we have." We excuse ourselves with everything else which surrounds us. Exactly, as I mentioned with David here, with his culture, if it's whatever it is. Bad stuff is normalized these days. And my parents gave me a great upbringing, but I have one situation. I won't go into the details, but I remember saying to my father, if you do that, you deserve to be caught by the cops, Dad. Mm. And he didn't end up doing it. You know, so, so, you know, sometimes children actually are the ones who have to pull up their parents, but yeah. the parents are the ones who are supposed to be modeling what the children, you know, are, are learning. We have, it's so important to walk the walk and not just talk the talk. Mm. James 2, 21 to 22 says, therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word that's about taking it on board and um, making you know taking it seriously what's in the word and it talks about the word which is able to save your souls it says but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourself so you deceive yourself you and your children when you Read the word, but you don't, you don't really try to, um, take it, take it on board. And James 2, 26 to 27 goes, If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. 
Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. So mm. that's an action statement that we have to actually work to keep ourselves unspotted from the world. So that's to, to, to guard ourselves from the world having too much influence on us. And that's sometimes the problem that we've allowed the world to have so much influence on us that the influence that we give to children is worldly mm. in itself. And so keeping yourself unspotted from the world, what might that look like? I'm thinking about family worship time, mm. praying mm. together. And even if you've got a teenager who says, oh, I'm not going to be part of that, you can be saying, well, we want to pray for you. What what can we pray about? You know, Because they do get to a stage where they rebel and they don't want to be part and of And that's things. very important actually to persist in uh, what you need to do as a family because these days uh, – we offer the children what they want only, exactly. rather what they need. Exactly, exactly. You know, it's also about what sharing, sharing about what God is doing. Mm. You know, now I, for example, I've got lots of friends who are not spiritual, but they know if they're friends with me, they're going to get a bit of God. You know, and that's not about me ramming it down their throat. But and and this goes the same for bringing up children. Mm. It's about just. Not putting God in a box and your spiritual relationship and putting it in a box and hiding it away because other people don't necessarily feel the same way. It's about showing 100% of yourself to other people, yes. including that part of you which is spiritual and has a relationship with God. It's also thinking carefully about the media that is consumed in your home. Mm. That is so important, you know. Um, Recently, I was talking to my parents about a movie and they said, oh, what did you think about it, Tracy? I said, I thought about it and I thought, you know, there's greed and there's this and there's that. I thought, I don't think that's actually going to be very good for me. No judgment, mm -hmm. but for me, I don't think that's going to be right. You know, so we have to be conscious about what we let into our eyes, right. what we let into our ears. That has an effect and on And unfortunately, us. the children cannot make that decision, you know, and as a parent or as a uh, uh, Simple uh, uh, citizen, you know, you may need to uh, to address that because exactly. you know, unfortunately, uh, the producers of those movies they don't care about this. They they care about the money which comes through, unfortunately. And, and there's also a lot going on in media about normalizing things that are not in line with God. Mm. Now, I don't want to offend anyone, but I noted that as soon as the marriage legislation went through, um, the gay marriage, mm -hmm. suddenly there was so many, so much ad advertising with gay couples, with yeah. babies and all of that kind of stuff, yeah. right? And so I think there is an agenda to make that very normal and, you know, our children are growing up with that. Now, if you don't necessarily see that, you don't necessarily believe that that is the case, mm, that that mm. is God's best, then we need to think about what we're allowing them to see. And it's also about um, your children seeing that you have special time with God. Yes, it's family worship time, but everyone needs to have their own special individual time with God. Right. And they need to see that that's important to you. Um I think it's also important to for um, for um, 
parents to get to know their children's friends so they've got an idea of those who can contribute positively towards a child's moral compass and where those friendships should be encouraged while at the same time finding ways and this might sound awful but finding ways to create obstacles for other children remembering that children are a product of their upbringing so we're not saying that these are bad children it's just that you know um, they may not have been brought up with a moral compass themselves and That's so correct. you know and there are uh, temperaments you know and there are uh, genetic uh, things yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah it's very important all those things can be over uh, overcome yes yes i also think it's important to help re- and I've got an inverted commons here when I think about it, rebellious children to understand the reason why you want them to follow God's plan um, and, and, and want them to live their lives according to God's counsel. These need to be practical mm. discussions, you know, um, that, that make sense to children. I'm, I'm talking now, you know, teenagers who are a little bit older that you can have those discussions with because, you know, um, any of this, God says this, or the Bible says that, you know, that that's going to do nothing. Mm. Just, oh, that old dusty book. You know, God's counsel has so much wisdom in it. And I think if a parent cannot explain really well the wisdom of a piece of counsel that God gives, then that's an indication that the Bible, that the parent themselves needs to go back to the Bible right. and study further because Anything that you want others to come on board with, you need to be able to understand it well and you need to be able to explain it in a way that, that is logical, that makes sense, that, that, that people can understand the reasons that you have made your, your decision. And, you know, a lot of this I'm going back to talking about whoever, but it's mm. really, the, I believe, the same with a child, except that with a child, you have that express command, you have that express responsibility to be putting those, laying down those important foundations that that they can build on. I think about the fact that today children are very aware, um, I'd say teenagers I'm talking about now, very aware of their rights and the rights of others and society is more so encouraging children to be vocal and even to demonstrate. I think about how they're encouraged to take time off off. School to yeah. to protest for the environment, which I personally don't agree with. Mm. I I think there are different ways, and I don't think we should be encouraging children to be pulled out of out of school where they are supposed to be learning. There should be other forums mm. for them to do that if if that's what what is required. But society is trying to normalise things, as I said before, that are not in God's will because God knows what's best for us and for a society. As a whole, and and you know, he created us. He gave the manual, mm. and he gave those things because he knows the beginning from the end. He knows what's going to be right for us. As I said previously, it's important to discuss practically with children using logic and beginning to end scenarios, so we can see consequences that happened in the Bible. For example, you could take them through stories, you know, to show them these things. They need to see the sense in God. God's law and counsel, otherwise, you know, it's just going to be, you know, 
um, like pushing a rock uphill, trying to trying to get them to come on board, without us ostracizing young adults. You know, it's important to help them to understand that you have a set of rules that you live by and which are to be followed in your home. Right. I, I think that's a right that parents that parents have as the head of of the home. You know, they don't have to have an apologetic attitude about standing for the things that they believe in. Instead, without being forceful, I think they need to remain assertive um, to enable our children to understand the reasons that they stand for what they stand for. Oh, absolutely right. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. Tracy, I'm going to um, just briefly take a, a short break here. I'm going to skip the song which we have prepared for uh, today in the middle of the program, but uh, I will do one nice one uh, to finish off with. Um, but I don't want to miss um, the opportunity to give that uh, free book which we have prepared for today, uh, Surprised by Love, by Elizabeth Vieira Talbot. Wonderful, wonderful book. And uh, uh, I'm not even able maybe to really uh, tell you much about the book now in case if you join us uh, a bit later, but uh, probably you heard a bit earlier. It's a wonderful book. Uh, you can have it in your hand by sending a text message to 048880811 with the code SA38. SA stands for South Australia and number 38. No space in between. Uh, not to confuse our uh, friendly uh, robot, which will ask you a few questions there. Uh, Tracy, I was going to ask you um, a question. I'm not sure if we have time for that, but maybe briefly, you know, if we could touch on uh, on uh, this one. Um, when our children are, uh, you know, older, you know, uh, I was going to tackle a bit this one. Children are living longer in the family these days, uh, in the home, uh, so there is more opportunity for uh, influencing influencing a, a child's uh, moral compass. But that can also bring conflict at mm. times. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you like to say in this regard in in, uh, in few words? And then we'll, we'll come to a conclusion. Yeah, I think it's, it's Im- Im- as I've said again, I can't um, stress enough Um how important it is to remember the, the role that has been given to a parent to to lay down those those um those those core foundations. And when your child's a baby, you want to protect them physically mm. as much as you can. And so this is about protecting your child as well. And some people think, well, you know, they're old enough, they can make their own decision, decisions. You know, research shows that a child's brain is not fully developed until around 25 years of age. And while at 18, a young adult is said to have reached a mature age and therefore society says they can make adult decisions, the crucial prefrontal cortex Oh, my, I'm getting my words mixed up today. The the crucial prefrontal cortex of the brain, and that's where decision making happens. That's not formed yet. Mm. That's not fully formed. That happens between the age of eighteen and twenty five. So this is a particularly dangerous time because the society has given them the ability to make those decisions on their own. And yet their brain is actually not completely formed. They don't have all of the skills and the capability to make those good decisions. So in that time, I think it's really important um, to be praying for your child at that time. You know, they might not be listening, but you've 
be praying is important. And it's important to hear them and keep the lines of communication mm. open. But that doesn't mean condoning their behavior you don't agree with. Um, I think it's always important for us to stand up for what we be believe but do it with love um, but the mode of communication the words that are used all of that is really important at that time and I think it needs divine guidance and that's where prayer for your child is so important at that time that's wonderful uh, now I'm going to take a message uh, just very quickly because um, I look at this and uh, I just want to clarify uh, and thank you Michael for sending the message uh, Michael it's uh, thinking that David was wrong when um, which I cannot recall if he said it in that way um, that uh, we are um, awaiting for adoption um, when we talk about how the Bible says that God adopted us in his family uh, and uh, Michael is quoting uh, Romans chapter 8 um, and it's true that uh, yeah we are adopted in God's family but Michael I believe probably David was uh, if he said that he was referring for those people who are not uh, accepting God yeah. uh, and if you haven't accepted God yet I mean you you are not you adopted in, in, in God's family mm. but if you accepted God then Definitely, you are. We don't need to await now, uh, from now on. You know, as soon as you receive uh, Jesus as your uh, Savior, you know, you are adopted. But thank you, Michael, from, for sending us messages. And clarifying that, because maybe some other listeners were also a little confused. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, but hey, uh, Tracy, we have uh, one minute here to just conclude. You know, and I'm wondering if you could bring it together uh, in, in one minute and then just pray. Sure. Okay, so let's just quickly go over things. Um, understand the huge responsibility God has given you in giving you a child and take that command seriously. Model Jesus to your children and those around you. That's so important. Start early if you've got little kids. That's important. Keep the lines of communication open and take the time to explain the logic in God's counsel. There's so much weird wisdom, not just it's because the Bible says, study the Bible so you yourself understand what behaviors and ideas are against his will. This isn't always readily apparent. Some things society thinks are good. On the surface, they do seem good until you dr drill down further and become more and more acquainted with the voice of the Holy Spirit so you can be guided more readily at those crucial times where you need to find the right words. And finally, pray Pray, pray, because you need divine guidance with the guidance with this particularly important role um, and responsibility that's been given to you as a as a parent. Oh, that's wonderful, uh, Tracy. Thank you so much for uh, uh, preparing for today and sharing on this uh, very important uh, topic. I will say, uh, how would you like to to? And with the prayer. Sure. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your word, which gives us so much wisdom and counsel. And it's our standard that regardless of what happens in society, we can hold it up and know that this is true and this is what we need to um, hold to. I want to pray for all of the parents out there at this point in time that, Lord, your Holy Spirit would lead and guide strongly, that they would know and have the skills to be able to give their children this moral compass that you designed that we should all have. And I just ask that in Jesus' blessed name. Amen. Amen.
Amen. And that's all from us uh, today, from Nick Rita and Tracy Papandreou here on Drive Time BQ&A. But please join us again next time because we have something uh, in store for uh, for you uh, to start um, under a new um, topic there. Um, and that's the Holy Spirit and the illusion of super Christians. And we are dealing uh, next program with this uh, um, question. Does the infilling of the Holy Spirit create super Christians? Please join us again. Until then, may God richly bless you and have a safe walk with Jesus, guiding the little ones also into the step, uh, steps of Jesus. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. Sing for the morning.